0: Good morning everyone. I pray you're doing well, especially in these crazy days that we're living in. There's so much going on at so many levels. It's hard sometimes to kind of tell which side's up. In thinking and praying about what to say this week, uh, a lot of things on my mind, thinking about a lot of different things. And I I just want us to have a bit of a heart to heart. Maybe, Maybe talk about the elephant in the room. And for those that don't know what that saying means, that it's kind of like everybody's thinking it, but nobody's really willing to talk about it. And I think for us, or for me today, the elephant in the room is maybe some of the fear associated with COVID-19. The, the emotions that, that get stirred up by this and the thoughts of, of how it's affecting the people that we love and the people that are around the world. So as I say, I, I hope you're doing well, but I expect not everyone is some are probably gripped by fear and and i'm and it's not just the fear of of catching covid-19 either it's it's the the fallout of shutting down countries and the impact of stock markets and and finances and layoffs and all of those things that kind of tumble out of it i mean i get it three out of four of the people that that live in in my house are have been affected by by layoffs or, or are not working because of COVID-19 at the moment. I mean God's providing. We're we're blessed. We're we're in great shape. But the implications and the 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 impact of a global pandemic can be rather unsettling, even for me. <laughs> Leaders across the globe are trying their best to limit the spread of this virus, but we, we recognize that it's going to have to run its course. There's, there's no real stopping it, and that's scary. I mean, there, there's no one within the reach of this live stream that that is not affected by this or eventually will be affected by this at some point. We live under the shadow of it. Now, some choose to ignore it, but even that has its consequences Now, I know, I know, that doesn't sound very uplifting. I'm supposed to be the pastor, right? But you have to start somewhere to get anywhere. So I just want to start there, but trust me, we're not going to end there. If you're fearful this morning, if you're worried about your own well-being or the well-being of others, if, if you're trying to make sense of this strange new world that we live in, you're in good company. You're not alone. We're all dealing with this on some level. We do not deny our present circumstances. That would be avoidance. We don't pretend that we're immune to it. That would be foolish. But this morning, I want to assure you, there is hope. Let's pray before we get into it. God, I thank you that there is hope. And God, we recognize that that hope is in you. And Lord, I pray as we unpack this, as we get real, as we talk about the elephant in the room, which is sometimes the fear that goes with us, God, that you will... Your presence will just saturate our lives. It will flood each home and each heart, Lord God. That you will speak by your spirit, that you will encourage us, and God, that you'll be glorified in it. God, we recognize that there are things going on that are out of our control, but God, we recognize you are still in control. You are still God, and you still love us. So God, I just pray that that hope would rise in our midst and in this message and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hope, it, it's, it's a word we, we throw around a lot. You know, we, we try, like for myself, if, if, if I'm trying to fix something, I'm thinking, man, I, I hope this works. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know, we look at our bank account and we say, man, I hope I can pay all the bills. We, we might give somebody a gift and we'd say something like, man, I hope you like it. But biblical hope that I want to focus on today that concept of hope is, is not just wishful thinking. It's, it's not mere expectation or desire. It includes trust and it includes confidence. It's not fantasy. It's so much deeper than that. I want to I look at a scripture. It's found in Psalm 33. And I'm going to be reading from the NLT. And the psalmist is explaining and it says in verse 20, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in You alone. Our hope is in You alone. I grew up in church and um, I've heard and sung many of the old hymns over the years. There's one that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And and another verse says, When darkness fails his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. And the chorus of of this hymn says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. It's a song of hope. It's a song of faith in the midst of the storm. It's the sense that even when everything else around seems to be falling away and seems to be dissolving, that there's a solid rock. There's something that is is an anchor to hold to, a sure foundation. And it says that it's Jesus. When we think about it, even the biblical thought of faith, and we find it defined in the the faith chapter in the Bible, we kind of, in church circles, we talk about that. Hebrews uh, chapter 11. And in that, faith is intermingled with hope. I want to read Hebrews 11 verse 1 in the New Living Translation. And it says this, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. The assurance of what we hope for. Let hope rise today. Let faith rise today in our midst. Let, let, let our hope rise in our lives. Let hope rise in our city. Let hope rise across our world. You know, we, we know this virus will pass. We just don't know how long it will take or who will catch it. We have no control over that, really. We try our best. We isolate. We wash our hands. We should be doing all of those things to the best of our ability. But our hope is not in the passing of a crisis. Our hope is in Christ in the crisis. It would seem to me that the New Testament does not promise That we will be exempt from the challenges common to people. If you you read the Gospels and you you begin to look at that and examine the different things that happened to different people. It talks about people that were sick. It talks about people that that experienced different things. And it was as if each one experienced life as much as the other. There's a scripture that says the rain falls in the good and the bad in equal measure. And then if you go forward into in the New Testament to the to the early church when it was first founded that New Testament church in the book of Acts and beyond you see people facing huge challenges and experiencing hardships as believers as believers as Christ followers they experienced these things but but these I'll say challenges were also sprinkled and intermingled with these incredible miracles with 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 heaven coming to earth and invading their space, you read of, of faith and of salvations, of heaven on earth, those moments happening in everyday life of the believer. We have hope in all circumstances because of Christ. Paul, one of the, the key leaders, teachers, evangelists in the earliest days of the church often expressed his his conviction that that nothing nothing could separate him from God's love he gave an impressive list uh, in his letters to the church in Rome in in so in Romans if we look in the New Testament there's a letter written there to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 8 and I want to read verse 35 and then I'm going to jump down to 37. But, but Paul begins with, with this kind of a rhetorical question and he says, can anything ever separate, separate us from Christ's love? Does, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or, or destitute or in danger or threatened by, with death? And his readers might be thinking, well, that's a good question there, Paul. I mean, Paul, Paul was aware enough to know that his readers, that, his, that the people that he was, was speaking to, that they were asking these kinds of questions. And I believe we live in a day and age where people are asking questions. So the question is like, does it mean that God no longer loves us when these happen? And, and so the next verse, verse 37, and Paul gets a little bit emphatic and he says, no, no, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. He says, "No, no, 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 you got to get straight, guys. Just because these things are happening, despite those things, overwhelming victory is ours." Now, Paul's worth listening to here because, you know, some people you kind of you weigh their what they're saying and you, and you think about it, but Paul is worth listening to here because he has a track record He's been through some things. This list of of things that that are here in this verse, Paul's lived them all out. He's he's experienced them. He's been shipwrecked. He's been through all these different things. It isn't theory for him. This is his testimony. This is the story of his life. This is the victory that he's experienced himself. And, And it's not to be fatalistic. It's not to expect things to go wrong and, and to suffer all of our lives. It's 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 not to believe for the worst. It's not just to trudge through life experiencing bad things. There's victory in this. There's hope in this that is not limited to our circumstances. It's only limited by God, and God is not limited. And this is his this is his conviction. This is when 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 Paul starts to really talk from his guts and he says, In verse 38, he says, I am convinced. He says, I'm convinced that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. For Paul, his most precious possession, what he valued the most, if you can call it that, was the love of God and his relationship with his Creator. It was his faith that he valued. That's where he put his hope, in a kingdom that a virus cannot touch. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. The Greek version here reads, You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Our hope is the peace and the joy that we can have in this life and the incredible promise of spending eternity in the presence of our creator. It's that recognition that God is good and we can trust him. We we are his and he loves us. That he has come that we would have life and life to the fullest. You know, he walks with us. He walks with us through life. And ultimately, he rescues us in death. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from him. Folks, we have hope in Christ this morning. And that's so important because we need hope. We need his strength. We need the Holy Spirit to to bring life within us and to bring that out of us. And it's in him. But let's, let's not be selfish with that. You may be thinking, what do you mean? We live in a world desperate for hope. It's, it's not just the down and outers either. It's like, it could be the person that has, is successful in everything and yet hasn't found purpose. It's, it's, it's people that, that are from all walks of life that just that need something besides themselves to believe in. I mean, think about it. If, if the center of your universe is you and you're experiencing what we're experiencing right now, that's a pretty small universe. People can survive without money. People can survive without stuff. People can even survive without their parents. But it's very, very difficult that people cannot survive without hope. Martin Luther King Jr. There's a quote from him that says, Even in the inevitable moments when all seems hopeless, men know that without hope they cannot really live. And in agonizing desperation, they cry for the bread of hope. It's often in times of crisis that we are most aware of our need for something greater than ourselves. When we are faced with our own mortality, we often begin to question and seek meaning and direction. I believe that we're in an unprecedented time right now of incredible opportunity as a church and as believers. It's an opportunity to share hope. It's it's an opportunity to love people where they are at while social distancing, of course. We're, we, we, we can be a voice of peace in a world of fear and anxiety because our hope is in Christ. The, the hope of the world has a name. like His name is Jesus. In Matthew 12, 21, it says, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Jesus, the name Jesus. There will come a day, all the world will know the hope that is in him the writer of first Peter in the new Testament he's he's reaching out to and he's writing to the believers that have been scattered over the over the area where they were at of the early church um, they were scattered by persecution and hardship for them when they became Christians in the world that they lived in some were killed many many lost their livelihoods they were they were under persecution and and forced to flee and and it it was tough. It was real. It, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. So in the midst of this, Peter writes this letter. And I, and I love how he encourages them in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. It says, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called and so that you may inherit a blessing. And then if we skip down to verse 14, you know, well like I said, context, they were they were being persecuted, they were suffering some different things. Listen to this. This is crazy, but it's it's good. He says, "But even if you should suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed." And you're thinking, "Yeah, I don't know if I could Trust me. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And then it says this Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It's interesting because today, believers, unbelievers, whatever religion you are, atheist or otherwise, the whole world right now has a common foe and it's COVID-19. But we as believers, we have an opportunity because we have hope we can, we can give an answer with compassion and gentleness and respect and to love to hold those who ask. Those who, who see the hope in us as we carry that hope and people see that and they ask. I believe that all of us within the reach of this live stream this morning, I want to speak this over you. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to read that again. I pray that God, the source of hope, would fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. then then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. His Spirit in us empowers us to overflow with hope. When things overflow, they get spilled on whatever is around them. Let's let's spread some hope. Let's overflow with the hope of God and bring hope to a a, a city, to to neighbors, to friends, to, to family, to colleagues that so desperately need hope. We can do that this morning. If you're watching this this morning and you're not a Christian, you, you, you've heard about God, you, you've, you've maybe even been to church before, you've, you've thought about it some, but, but you've never come to that place where you're like, no, yeah, that's, that's me. I, I'm. Can I assure you this morning, if you're not a Christian, you can be. You, you can know this hope. You, you, can, you can receive this, this what I'm describing, you can receive that for yourself. It's found in Jesus. And it's quite simple in, in many ways. We have to begin somewhere, and, and the scripture talks about, we begin by just believing that there's a God, first of all, and believing that, that God actually wants a relationship with us. And then, and then we, when we recognize that we are lost and broken, and most of us really do recognize that, they were lost and broken and, and that were separated from God, well, that separation is caused by sin, and, and sin is when we fall short of God, God's standard, and, and the Bible also says that all have sinned and fall shy of that standard, but God, through Jesus, and we're going to be celebrating this, Easter's coming up in a couple weeks, and it's like we're going to be celebrating that, that Jesus came and he died for us to cleanse us of our sins. He paid the penalty that we should have paid. He died, he rose again to bring us the freedom. It was an act of God's love for the world. So when we confess our need of God and we turn from our old way of living and we accept his forgiveness, we become his children and this Holy Spirit brings life in us. This isn't about behavior modification. This is being reborn as a new Person, I want to pray with you right now. If you if you're watching this and you're a part of this live stream, whether you're at home in your car, or if you're with your family, I want you to just just focus here just for a minute. I want you, I want us to pray together. I just want you to repeat after me. And let's pray together, dear Jesus. I come to you today, recognizing my need of you. I pray God that you will save me from my sin. I confess that I have fallen short of your glory. God, come into my heart. Save me today. I receive you as my Savior. Help me to walk today and from this day forward as a follower of you, Jesus. Wash away my sins. Make me whole. I receive you now, in Jesus' name, amen. That could be the most powerful prayer you've ever prayed. And if you prayed that prayer with us today, let us know. You can message us. If you're on Facebook, just let one of us know. There's people there watching this chat, and they can, let you, and they can interact with you and, and help you to make next steps. You can also go on our website, website, faithhalifax.org. and there, you can go to Faith Next and then Next Steps. Just help us to, to know that you've made this choice. It's an incredible choice, and we want to be able to help you and walk with you as best as we can. Now, for all of us, I want to close with these words. These are the words of Jesus to his followers in John 14, 27. And I want to pray it over us right now and I want to pray it over you in your home and I want to pray it for everyone listening. And Jesus says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God bless you. Have a good week. May God keep you safe and healthy. In Jesus' name. Amen.